When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Monday editions here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson is pulling double duty. We did leave him the stu- let him leave the studio after uh, the morning hookup to go home, hose off, and hustle right back. Will, props to you and your. Big Eight era Husker football camp. Yeah, man, you keep bringing you do, up that you, Big no, Eight. I, I know, I know, you missed the Big Eight. I but miss guess, it. guess what? You can do now that you couldn't in the Big Eight legally. What's that? Uh, NIL money. Uh-huh. Thank we'll, God. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. First and foremost, uh, really enjoyed uh, the latest episode with Bustin' with the boys, and uh, well, Compton and, and Taylor and crew were were here last week. Uh, doing their episode. That episode dropped, and uh, we're a friend of the show. So we'll have a little bit of insight from Casey Thompson on, on the Nebraska decision uh, from that uh, that pod episode and just what type of green you can make at Nebraska. Numbers to get in, 5865. If you're outside the Lincoln area, when you uh, listen to us on our affiliates, uh, chime in uh, on our dime there. Email chris at hailvarsity.com and uh, find us on Twitter. Give us a tweet if you like at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Will on the Radio for Will Wilson and uh, as always at ESPN Lincoln and at Hale Varsity. Follow both of those. So we have so much to get to. It is March Madness time. Note to you for the opening rounds of the NCAA tournament. Longwells, Hooksy, Will Wilson, Elijah Herbal. You guys rocking both days? That's right. Yeah, Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Uh, the the special NCAA tournament lead-in 9 to 11 uh, will be awesome. want to see you down there. I, I take off to go see Mama in Arizona on Wednesday. So I will be uh, good for you. I will be uh, I will be glued in on the on the stream for sure. But uh, the uh, the spot and its tradition, it's not quite green jacket good, but it's its own special awesome uh, long wells for your NCAA tournament needs. Get on down to the rail yard, see the great folks there and enjoy tournament time. We will talk to a Nebraskan that is dancing. Charlie Easley going to be with us in an hour and 15 minutes. He's part of that great squad from South Dakota State. Charlie, again, a state champion from Pius X, played at Nebraska, doing great work at South Dakota State. So Charlie Easley in hour two. Another Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt Charlie McBride, kicks us off in hour two. In about 20 minutes, we'll recap championship weekend 
and some NCAA tournament thoughts with Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity. But the Husker women are dancing again, a second time since 2018. They are an eight seed against the Gonzaga. I think that's an early morning tip on Friday uh, in Louisville. So awesome for Coach Williams and Nebraska women. That's big time. You have Husker baseball that... That's the collective sigh of relief from the state <laughs> as they uh, they get the dub, babe. Hey, there we go. hey, they get the dub, and that's that's fine by me. And if you see uh, Griffin Everett, make sure he's good with it, but give him a hug. If you're a Nebraska baseball fan, six to five, Husker baseball today at home. They got walked off yesterday by UNO. Uh, they walk off UNO today, six to five. Everett four for five, four RBI, two run bomb, another home run, a solo shot, and then the walk off game winning RBI double as Max Anderson hauls from second home, Willie Mays Hayes style. Have a day. Yeah, twenty and one. Nebraska baseball in Haymarket home openers, all time. It's a hell of a stat. That is, but maybe this will kickstart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Win number five for the Big Red. They got some work to do. I think it's either New Mexico or New Mexico State looms. So uh, plenty of time left, but some work to do for Nebraska. They wasted a a really good outing on the hill yesterday. Not much offense to speak of, so that will get worked out. Thank God for uh, Everett, huh? Oh, yeah. It's what your captain's got to do. Sometimes he's got to pull the entire rope when you're playing tug of war. But he got it done. Uh, spring football on a bit of a hiatus. Spring football had their scrimmage Friday. We talked about it a little bit Saturday morning and a little bit Friday afternoon about uh, the chippiness that was ongoing, uh, a major blow up, and uh, wasn't there. But those that were re- referred to me that it got uh, heated after a, a cheap shot in the end zone. Then you had offense and defense uh, engaging one another. You had an unhappy frost. Uh, and once you had an unhappy frost, it was time to run and run and keep running. And then an extra session of two-minute drill just for good measure. So there is this. Um, Nebraska will have a bit of a, a break here with spring break. They'll get back at it for another scrimmage. And before we know it, we'll get into April. And it'll be this, the spring game. A really good column by Sam McEwen on just some of the, the, the changes here. And when it was said during his press conference uh, the, the last day in February, Scott Frost dove into just what, what he has now on the offensive staff, right? And, and Coach Frost isn't really a sugar coder, and that's okay. But uh, you have lack of subtlety. And when it comes to the offensive staff, there's a little bit more light shine. And you can look at it two ways. You, you can look at it as just truth and, and, and the why, or you can look at it as excuses slash throwing people under the bus. But you want to know, okay, why, why move on and why move on uh, with two regular season games left? That was, that was the question, right? And then, and then we're, we're, we're hitting rewind versus moving forward. But you're getting a little bit more insight. And the, the thought is that the former assistants didn't have quite enough 
edge for their Big Ten assignments. Think of the former assistants, Ryan Held, Greg Austin, Super Mario, and then you, you had two different offensive co- coordinators uh, and wide receiver coaches. Uh, and uh, Troy Walters is doing quite fine in Cincinnati. Yeah, Troy Walters has done quite well at Colorado as, an, as a recruiting coordinator and, and wide receiver coach and did so at A&M as well. And, and then you had Lubick, who was, I don't know if he's doing mortgages or kind of the face of a bank in, in Fort Collins. I, I like all of these guys. They all can coach. They're all talented. And we, we've highlighted the, the offers that, that Greg Austin has had and turned down to stay in Lincoln. But when, it, when we talk about edge, it comes down to coaching style. And, and you can't always have 10 bad cops. You need some good cops. You need some bad cops. You need some enforcers. Think about personality makeups on a team, right? Why, uh, YMCA ball, pickup ball. Will, you play pickup ball. Yeah, all the time. You're the three-point specialist. Well, try to be. Right? Okay, yeah. you, that, that's, that's your role. Mm-hmm. You have an enforcer on, on your team. He may not be able to shoot. He may be clumsy as all get out two right feet or two left hands, whatever the case. But there's a dude that, that is on your team that is going to be your muscle. He fights. He, right. Mm-hmm. He, he is the, the tone setter. He's a physical presence. The Hanson brothers and Slapshot, right? Bill Lambeer with the bad boys. In five fouls a game. Right? Uh-huh. And, and, and you know what? He doesn't count it as a foul unless you're bleeding. <laughs> uh, think of your NFL guys, your enforcers, dudes that are – think of the, the Jansen character that is happy as all get out Tom Brady's back playing for a 23rd season. Uh, some may call him a cheap shot artist. You want him on your team and on your offensive line. That little ball of red hair that plays center for Tampa Bay. I can't stand watching him, but I get why he is beloved in Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at the, the point of the enforcers and the different personalities, and I just wonder if, I don't want to say lack of respect or just the job was too big, but there's some gray area in the middle. Either the players weren't connecting with some of the former position coaches or uh, the, the, the former position coaches just were at a loss with what to do. And, and this, to me, is, is your domino effect. Think about this with your different position groups as you're coming in. And the other question you ask, too, is, okay, if – if, if guys you brought with you out of loyalty, and God love you for doing it from Central Florida, if guys weren't getting it done, how long did it take you to figure it out as head coach? 2018, it's a whirlwind. You're, you're signing kids late, and you still do the right thing and coach your team in the Peach Bowl at Central Florida with the staff. You see them finish an undefeated season. Then you get to Lincoln, and it's all rushed and hurried. Right then, you you have a good good finish to 2018. You get into 2019, and it's it's just messy after that fourth quarter and overtime in Boulder. Never right after that ball game. COVID's COVID in 2020 nightmare, and then here's last year. I mean, the the clock's ticking. It's toxic from the get go because you keep losing close ball games, starting with that Illinois ball game and then the Michigan State, and then the Michigan, and you go down the road of tight ball games and, and losses. Uh, and then you make a change. And this domino effect, uh, to circle back, is 
on the offensive line, you've really just never had old guys. You had seniors you inherited that did a good job yeah. for you on the offensive line. I mean, the, the, the Gerald Fosters of the world, the, the Tanner Farmers of the world. Hymas. Hymas. Yeah. And then Hymas, to his credit, leaves and is playing well for the Chargers. But he wasn't there. You're starting freshman or redshirt freshman on the offensive line. And guys really were, were thrust into it. You went with the best guys you had. They're high-level recruits. But it just takes time to water on the offensive line. And, and we're wondering about Corcoran. What's his future look like? He's really started one season. Ben Hart, uh, he has come in and, and he's trying to work his way back. And, and be what you thought he could be. It's your job as coach to get him there, and I think Raiola couldn't, couldn't do that. But I'm just talking about on the offensive line with Greg Austin, what he had, what he worked with, what he recruited, and what he sent to the NFL. So that's a curious case. But when it comes to that edge, you've got new guys that are super intense. Raiola, case in point, there's a standard. We're not deviating from it. And uh, it's, it's you do this or you, you don't play. The running back position, think of the misses at the running back position. Think of the inconsistency of the rotation. I don't anticipate that with Applewhite at all. You just wondered, okay, where is the, uh, you know, what, you go get Greg Bell, okay? And he's Juco player of the year, runs 1,500 yards last year for San Diego State. That's still not power five, right? Top Juco back in the country, but still not power five, didn't last in Lincoln. Mo Washington, just nightmare. Uh, didn't didn't last year. Marvin Scott transfers out. Uh, Savion Morrison has transferred out. Mills was was injured, but when he was healthy, was pretty good. So, and and then you're playing Wandale at running back because you really don't have a, a room full of wideouts to go to post Stan Morgan and J.D. Spielman. So it, it's just a cluster of a mess. And when we talk about edge. That edge wasn't set. You know what happens on the line of scrimmage when you don't set the edge? They go for about a 15-yard gain if you're lucky, right? That's what Scott's talking about and a little bit more insight to how things have changed and the new sheriffs in town are extremely demanding, maybe more so than their predecessors in Applewhite, in Whipple, in Mickey Joseph, in Donovan Raiola. Yeah, I, I wonder what the transition is like going from a school like UCF to Nebraska, the Big Ten. You know, you talk about it's somewhere in the middle between the job being too big or trying to remember what the other side was for you, Schmitty, but... Is it too big or is there a lack of respect? Respect. And I'm saying, and I mean that from, okay, the kids in that room, this guy didn't know what he's doing. Why am I not playing? And then when it's my turn, I'm not ready. Yeah. I mean, from Mike, from the Mike Riley side, I thought this was way too big. I don't think it's that for these coaches. I think they could have handled it. You're right. Something, something it went wrong. It shouldn't have been too big for Riley because he's coached big-time ball. Sure. These guys with Central Florida, they, they had first, second, third-round talent on their squad in a league that has been good. When you look at all the coaches that have made the jump, but not many of them have lasted. Matt Rule's the only guy that's not been fired from AAC. Herman, Houston, Texas, right? I mean, Frost has still got his job, but uh, the, the, the guy went, that went from Memphis, uh, Fuente, from Memphis to, yeah. to Virginia Tech. They, it, it's, it's, not, it, it's been a good league to come from, 
But man, you better have some some big time ball experience heading in. Some did, many didn't on on the staff that that all made the transition. So, just some thoughts. Good column by Sam there, and uh, Mickey Joseph's been at high profile, big time jobs. Same with Whipple. Uh, Riola, at least in the NFL, and then you have Applewhite that's been at TCU, but he's also been around, working his way up from Colorado State, from Northern Colorado, from Wyoming. So, uh, no BS, pretty clear communication, and it sounds like it's black and white with the expectations and what you need to do to play. We'll dive into the Casey Thompson sit-down coming up in about 20 minutes, and uh, NIL and how the playing field could be once again a game changer for Nebraska. It's put into words with lots of zeros. NCAA Tournament High School Championships, Jacob Padilla on the way. It's a Monday with Ale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Spidel Body Works is your best decision after a collision. We're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Monday edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson. We welcome in Jacob Padilla with com and Magazine. Also has two podcasts for you to check out. Talks Husker basketball and, of course, the high school prep pod with uh, Damon Benning at Jacob Bedilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, have you taken a breath from all the weekend coverage, my friend? How are you? Good. I got to sleep in uh, past 10 this morning, so that was nice. Man, good on you. Jacob was hunkered down courtside, breaking down and uh, tracking all of the... Whew, uh, 96 teams, 48 matchups, <laughs> and, uh, of course, the championship Friday and Saturday. Want to start with, with the, the prep. We'll get to some college basketball in a moment. But your overall takeaway, Jacob, it was awesome to have uh, a, a really ruckus PBA throughout the entire tournament in Lincoln, but specifically Friday and, and Saturday championship rounds. We're, we're just incredible. What, what did you think of the performances you saw? What are you taking away from, uh, from, from State Basketball 2022? Yeah, it was definitely great to, to see all the fans back in the arena after the last two years, obviously. Two years ago, it was very strange with very few people in there. And then even last year was a little different. So this year is kind of full go. And especially for that Class A boys game, um, man, you saw people up in the, the upper section kind of littered throughout there as well. And uh, the crowds were great. The student sections were both full. Uh, heck, they were there early to, to kind of add numbers to the uh, the smaller class student sections of the game before. Um, I know Miller North was in there. So it was it, it was pretty cool environment. I, I think the, the six days, it was a lot, but it also um, provided a lot of basketball and a lot of chances for people show up and see some, some really good ball. Memorable yeah. teams. Think, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it, well, I was just saying, I think it being spread out a little bit definitely helped the level of play um, as you got later on in the tournament. Um, there were some, some games I went down to the wire, some overtime games, and teams got a full day off to recover and then game plan for uh, their next opponent. So I don't know that 
I would want this format moving forward where you've got um, all uh, got all 96 teams uh, down at the tournament, same time, six straight days, whatever. That was a lot, but um, there were definitely some some advantages for, for the players and teams. And I, I think the, uh, the reception was pretty favorable, but also mixed uh, from most of the coaches that w- were involved with it for various reasons. Don't disagree, and and yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the old format, spacing it under, over a two week period. It was a lot. It was it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome to do all that basketball, but it was it was uh, pretty heavy lifting, and that's not a boo hoo moment for me. It was just it just was what it was because of that amount in that time span versus what we're traditionally used to. Memorable teams performances. Uh, from 2022, are, are there players or, or some teams that will stay with you for a while? Yeah, well, definitely the the Class C one tournament as a whole or, um, was phenomenal, and I thought it had a chance to be all year just based on the strength and depth of good teams in that class, and it, it more than lived up to the height. We saw in the first round we had an eight over one upset by a team that. Hadn't, that was playing in the state tournament uh, for the first time in a century uh, in Fort Calhoun, knocking off Wahoo in the first round. And I was there and got to see that game, a big-time shot from Austin Welchard in the corner. And then um, in the semis, we saw Cale Jacobson just go off the record-setting performance with 43 points and did it in such an incredibly efficient fashion, 13-17 from the field, 14-14 from the line. And then in on in, in I, actually, he had, a double, uh, or he had an overtime game in, in the uh, the semis as well, in the other semi, with Auburn and Fort Calhoun going down to the wire um, and needing an extra four minutes to determine a winner. And then in the, in the final, uh, probably the, the the single moment that all that kind of will stick in my head most um, was the the uh, Evan Shepard game winning three in the corner. Um, and great game wasn't wasn't super high scoring and. I don't think anybody expected it to be with, with Auburn making it to that point, but um, for for Ashton Greenwood to kind of take the lead early, for Auburn to rally back, and then Ashton Greenwood to have the last possession, and um, for Kale Jacobson to, to make the right play, trust his teammate, and have his teammate reward him, um, that was a pretty special moment. I know uh, uh, talking to those guys afterward and just knowing a little bit about the story and everything, um, it, it was that was probably the the, the moment that'll. That, that I'll remember most from what has been a long and uh, exciting state tournament. The trilogy, Millard North, Bell West, it wasn't as high scoring as previous meetings, but high-level basketball. Jason Green's going to do great things for Creighton. But, man, he is such a force, but he doesn't force it. I think that's what's I mean, what's really special about him. He's arguably best best dude on the court, and I know Bell West has some some flat-out studs as well, but Green just does everything right, and he did all tournament. Yeah, for sure. And um, it, first round game against Elkhorn South, he was an absolute monster. It, it was like uh, twenty fourteen and seven blocks is what I had him with. Uh, twenty points, fourteen rebounds, seven blocks, just a ridiculous performance. And um, played well in the semis, and then in the final, he didn't put up huge numbers, but um, when it was winning time, he took over the game on both ends of the court. Uh, it was couple possession game there to start the the fourth quarter uh, and green had he, he took a charge and then he found a cutting isaiah mcmorris for a layup 
and then he blocked Josiah Dotzler at, at the basket um, on his second jump because Dotzler actually got him off his feet, I believe, uh, the first time he hit the ground and went back up and still got it. Uh, and then he went down and tipped in uh, a miss from a teammate. Um, so just making plays on both ends, and by the end of that little sequence there, uh, Miller North was up 12, and they were able to kind of hold on to uh, the lead the rest of the way. And he, he was phenomenal on both ends, and just his defensive per, uh, presence, I think, was the single biggest reason that, uh, that Miller North won that game, because Bellevue West just had a hard time in the paint, uh, which is an area that they had dominated throughout the tournament, with Josiah Delser getting there with, with William Kyle III, who didn't even miss a shot in, until uh, the second half uh, of that game, I believe. Um, in the, I'm talking about in the tournament. Mm-hmm. He, he hit his first 18 shots from the field uh, at the state tournament, uh, finished shooting over 82% from the field. So not bad for the future Jackrabbit at South Dakota State. Um, but just the, knowing that Green was there, his presence, and then the other guys uh, kind of playing off of that made it tough for, for Bellevue West. And they um, got a score by 12 in the paint. And that, that plus North North's uh, free throw shooting, uh, 8-11 in the fourth quarter, I believe, to kind of seal that deal. And um, Green was phenomenal. And then David Harmon, obviously, we've got, we've got to mention him. Mm-hmm. And the season he had, he's a guy who played freshman ball um, his first year. And then I think he believed got in at the end of three games his sophomore year, three varsity games. He was a backup the whole his whole junior year. Um, didn't really shoot much, was coming in, play some defense, maybe get a shot every game or so. Um, playing, obviously, behind some really talented players and Hunter Salas and uh, St. Thomas and um, uh, Jane Johnson there, the three Division One guys. And this year it was his turn to, to kind of make the team his own, playing alongside Jason. And he stepped up and had a uh, phenomenal year, culminating with 26.8 rebound performance in, in the championship game. And uh, put, put a little exclamation point on it uh, at the end of the game, too, with that breakaway dunk to, to seal the victory, which I'm sure is a moment he'll never forget. Jacob Adilis with us, recapping the basketball championships at PBA Boys and Girls State 2022. Hail Varsity Radio at Jacob Padilla underscores where you follow him on Twitter. I think uh, Coach Feekin and Gretna and their run impressive uh, for the girls. I think a uh, Coach Berta and Lincoln Southwest and just what an incredible player Kennedy Williams already is as young as she is for Southwest. Uh, those are two teams that I really enjoyed as well. Jacob get a switch gears and talk some NCAA tournament do you have your bracket filled out and if so what's your final four to be perfectly honest with you uh with uh yesterday was uh obviously the six days and then yesterday was a tryout day and i was in a gym all day i honestly i have not looked at a bracket yet i've heard uh some of the seedings obviously for teams of interest around here and some of it but i have not pulled up a bracket yet. that that was what I was going to do as soon as uh, I got done with this hit, uh, because I have not looked at one yet, but um, I'll probably end up taking Gonzaga to win it. Um, although they, it sounds like they are going to be some some tough uh, tough teams in their way, but uh, yeah, I got to sit down and kind of look at all the matchups and see how it plays out. But I've got like three uh, three bracket pool uh, invites that I've got to respond to and uh, get get my uh, brackets filled out here uh, pretty quickly. I've been on a drought. It has been 15 years since I've won the ESPN Lincoln Skittles. 
<laughs> I, and I went back to back, but it's been a while, right? It, it's a it's a quality versus quantity thing, Jacob. So I may just I may just have you fill one out for me. Uh, I'm, it's cheating. Just, it's cheating. I, Not happening. Not happening. I, uh, I came up just short last year. If Gonzaga had won it, I would have won the, the Herd at Hale Varsity uh, bracket pool. Um, so they kind of let me down a little bit there. Um, someone kind of swooped up, uh, in at the very end and stole that thing with uh, Baylor getting the win. Um, but uh, pretty good showing. The last time I won was uh, the year that Louisville beat uh, Michigan. 2013. And, yeah, and no, I did not give back my winnings uh, after <laughs> the NCAA confiscated the, the championship. Listen, the memories can't go away. No. They can take the banners <laughs> down. The Fab Five may only be a fable now in Chrysler Arena. Yeah. Uh, Louisville and that, that, that team with Slick Rick and company. I, I get it. I get it. But no, you, don't, you are not required, especially now in the era of NIL, my friend. You are free and clear to, to do whatever you want. Is there a dark horse? And I know you, you haven't completely dove in yet, but is there a team in this country you're, you're wowed by? Uh, in terms of a dark horse, um, Cinderella. I yeah. Uh, in terms of going all the way, I, I don't know. Um, I think it, you've got, uh, obviously Gonzaga's, going to be really impressive all the, the ones and twos i think mm-hmm. you've got some teams that are playing really well down the stretch i mean memphis uh, i think they, they got a tough draw obviously uh i mean any team outside uh, of the the top couple seeds are gonna have a tough draw because you're gonna have to go through those top seeds but memphis is really interesting just you look at uh bart torbeck i believe over the last however long um month or so of the season something like that or since uh, amani bates kind of shut it down They've been the second-best team in the country just based on their performance, mm. um, based on Bart Torvik's metrics. So that's, not, that's a team that I'm probably not going to pick to, to win the thing, but that could be a team that y- you could see going deeper than you would expect based on their seed. Um, that's one, obviously. I think South Dakota State is the hot um, kind of mid-major um, to, to maybe get an upset early on and, um, I'm, I'm right there with it. I, uh, I know some of those guys over there. Obviously, we've got some local kids mm-hmm. on that team. Um, they're just one of the best three-point shooting teams we've ever seen. Uh, and it's not a team that relies on that three-point. It's not a super high-volume team. They just make all the ones that they take. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Baylor, Baylor Shireman is uh, capable of hurting you in a lot of different ways. So, again, it's not a team that's probably going to see cutting down the nets, but just one that um, – I'm going to be excited to kind of track in the tournament and see, see how they do. Jacob, we'll uh, talk soon, bud. Thanks for the update today. All right. Sounds good. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Jacob Padilla from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. And that podcast will be uploaded to ESPN Lincoln On Demand. And uh, the full pod, you'll find it, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, subscribe, and rate us, Hail Varsity Radio, 
Uh, we appreciate all the, the support and listenership you've given us. Continue to do so, good, bad, or ugly. Give us your feedback. Numbers to dial up. Open phones here till I almost said six because the clocks are screwed up. It says <laughs> clocks are fixed uh, nowhere in this building, but that's okay. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity. Dot com. Coach McBride in 20 minutes. Charlie Easily, Pride of Pius, going to be with us at 525 as you're Jacob talking about South Dakota State. Uh, a 14 seed. They got the middle finger on that seeding, but they'll they'll make some noise, I'm hoping, here come, uh, come Thursday at about 1140 in Buffalo. So the sit-down that was last week, Casey Thompson, transfer quarterback from Texas to Lincoln, and uh, you, you know about Casey's story. Charles Thompson, incredible option quarterback at OU. Casey waited his turn, did his time, competed, competed. And really good listen with Will Compton and Taylor Luan with Bustin' with the Boys. Uh, check that out. That's on YouTube or, or the different uh, uh, platforms you, you hear your podcasts. But it really, there's just some, some impressions I have. And please go listen to, to all of it. But just the fact of, of how Casey Thompson found out that he was going to play and start at Texas after week two. I mean, it was, it was social media before the quarterbacks even communicated with him. That's garbage, wow. first and foremost. And, and he didn't even really figure things out through coaches' direct communication that he wasn't going to start last year. He had been doing and splitting reps with, you know, getting most of the first-team reps and then some second-team reps, and then his first-team reps disappeared, and it didn't sound like it was due to performance. And listen, Casey's ultimate class. This is not pinata time on Texas. It was just his experience, and like sight unseen, the first time he found his way to Lincoln was when he was driving here to move in. He really did incredible research and Auburn, Oklahoma, and Nebraska were the three. And the, the big part here was the association with Oregon, who he loved watching growing up and what Frost did with those offenses. And, of course, the Mark Whipple effect of not only talking to Pickett, but other quarterbacks that Whipple's worked under. So those are all phone calls Casey Thompson made. The phone call to, to, to Adrian Martinez was big, and it was an endorsement. And it's stuff that he's lived through. When you're winning, everyone loves you. When you lose, people are shooting arrows at you. And he went through that at Texas. But just the the lack of communication from Sark and his staff is my my takeaway. And he's all about putting the work in. Now, when we get to endorsements and NIL, that's a big-time game changer. You've heard Nick Saban talk about six figures. Uh, or, or make it more than six figures, but million dollars, right, for uh, quarterbacks and NIL. This is part of Casey's sit-down with Will and Company on uh, not only Texas, but also NIL in Lincoln and Nebraska's difference. Let's start here with the first part of Casey Thompson talking about uh, uh, Texas and you know, Lincoln and and the Nebraska opportunity. When I say opportunities, I mean like how often and how much that these places, like these companies are willing to. What are we talking? 
talking cash money, son. Yeah. What are we talking? Are we talking about phone numbers? You give us something. Like you can come here. You can come to Nebraska. I mean, first off, when I, when I first got here, they told me when I found out that like 17 or 18 different football players had vehicles. I was like, that's unheard of. That's how we like, do it here, man. Yeah, with that's like crazy. with like a free place to stay. And like at Texas, it was me, Bijan Robinson, and one defensive starter, like three three guys. Because they keep it close to the vest. All the all the all the yeah. all the rich guys so out of Texas. I would they say, keep it but for not themselves. even just. Nebraska athletic, there's like 70 or 80 p- different people across all sports that have like either an apartment or a car or they're getting NIL deals like women's basketball. More more athletes across all of the sports are getting blessed with opportunities and just like the numbers and the how often, you know, you're able to get these deals is like way more than I've ever seen. So think about that. At Nebraska, 70 to 80 student athletes, not just football, either have a vehicle or an apartment. Uh, I had four roommates in college. Depending on the day, you can give them a phone call right now and see what they thought of me. I had a car payment to make. I didn't play ball. I could work. Right. And I did work. I mean, I worked my butt off uh, interning at radio, but that wasn't, it wasn't about money. It was about experience. Mm-hmm. And now as a, as a student athlete, because of NIL, you're, you're getting the hookup at Nebraska. Other places, yes, but you know... This is it in the state. This is your pro football team. This is your pro basketball team. This is, and you have success like you do in volleyball and Nebraska women's basketball. You're taken care of. You have, you know, baseball is coming off a really nice season. I mean, but, and then there's, there's division one men's and men's basketball and, and men's football. And, you know what type of love there is for Nebraska. So it's not that shocking, but uh, more from Casey Thompson here on specifics. Specifics here uh, when it comes to uh, how you can make six figures as a player in Lincoln. You're going to make six figures as, as... Oh, my... As, as a player. As a player here. If you're a starter here on the football team, you can make over six figures. Oh. If I made six figures in college, I'm dead. I did eight hundred and fifty dollars scholarship check, and I thought I was living because rent was like three fifty, three seventy five. And after utilities, four fifty. That's four hundred dollars left over to spend. Yeah. At the rail. Hey, Nebraska legit needs to be in the (laughs) the bar here. You're gonna make six figures. The boys are figuring out. It's it's a slow burn. It's a slow climb. But we're we figure out. We know where we have to win. I'm more of a typhoon type of guy. If you want to make six figures right out of high school, so you're automatically doing better than all of your friends. (laughs) Your parents are up to their neck in student loans, and they're dying. And you just say, "Oh, that's weird. I make six figures now, and I drive whatever the I want." Come to Nebraska. Yeah, come to Nebraska. (laughs) It's an endorsement for you. Like six would figures. Make more than your friends. And friends, how about how about parents? How about parents that have that slaved away for twenty years at a gig. Right? It's tough Texas end. Oh man. That that was a great reaction. I'd be dead if I made six figures in college. I think you and I both would be, huh? <laughs> oh, we had a good time though. You're right. I mean, and and you're you're just out in and we got through it, which is the most important thing. Well, but you got through it in a timely fashion. That's true. I did not. <laughs> Might have paid off. Uh, well, here's the story. Like, my brother, in and out, gone four years, played baseball, took a lot of hours, graduated with a business degree. I bleeped around and had a triple-double 
and I was still cheaper. <laughs> Always remember my dad telling me that. You pissed around and you were still cheaper than your brother. <laughs> Love you, son. We'll wind down hour one next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson in, Elijah Herbal, celebrating that uh, 23rd birthday yesterday, is out in Colorado shopping for a Russell Wilson jersey. Is he in Colorado or is he just camping? No, yeah, he's in Colorado. What's the Russell Wilson? Oh, because he's a Broncos fan. He's That's a donkey right. fan. Forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you, uh, you got cousins extended. Yeah, great. You yeah. know, actually, there was kind of a, a good thing about that because they they lowered his salary this year, I think. Mm-hmm. It's easier to trade. Possibly. Now you go where? Uh, Seattle, you want him? I don't know. Well, and if anyone wants him, go ahead. No, I'm saying it. who does Minnesota get if they move Kirk? Now I see. I, Deshaun was on the radar. Sure he is. I don't know But if the that's... per capita massage parlors in Minneapolis could be dangerous. I have, well, I guess nobody's heard about good massage parlor parlors in Minnesota, so I, I think we're well, good. Well, it's always cold. That's true. So you're, mo- you're less apt to go out. That's true. Which is dangerous because then you just end up ordering in. He allegedly has already done that. Many times. Many times. Yeah. Reminder to Bacalab, game preparation and repetition predict success in winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Will, you sent this to me. Uh, what do you think here of Rick Barnes? Love Rick Barnes. Liked him at Texas. Uh, appreciate him at Clemson. I think he's done really well at Tennessee. Uh, he is telling teams that are in the NCAA tournament, sit out your conference tournament. Let teams fighting for the NCAA tournament bids play in those conference tournaments. You look at A&M. They had to win to get in. Virginia Tech had to win to get in. Vautech did. Not enough gas. Fourth day in his four games in as many days for A&M, and they got whacked by 15. And you see teams that, that put a run together and win the conference tournament. Sometimes they, they are done by the Sweet 16. It didn't happen all that often to the Dukes of the world or the mm-hmm. Carolinas, per se. But the, the team that always is pretty wow to me is are those UConn teams. There's a couple of instances where you had a good UConn team. There's probably a seven or eight seed that played their way into a, to a fifth seed by winning the, the Big East tournament, and then they tore through the NCAAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon was another team. Iowa, the last time they won the Big Ten tournament, I think Luke Recker was playing for them, and that was 20 years ago, and then they... They, they were one and done in the NCAA tournament. I think they were on the verge of having the win to get in anyway. Maybe not quite, but it wasn't going to be as nice a seating as they got. Uh, impressive run for Iowa, but you know that the Illinois of the world, and, and I know Purdue played in the final, um, they're, I think they're okay. It just kind of comes down to depth. I mean, Gonzaga, 
Third time against St. Mary's. It's old hat for Gonzaga. I mean, they've won so many. What do you think about Barnes's take? Almost sort of tanking to preserve for March. I've, I've never heard of this take before, but also like winning a conference championship, is that just is that not something that people want to do anymore? Does well, it not mean you anything? Know what, you know what they ought to do is they ought to flip it. They ought to flip it. And if you win the regular season championship outright, get, get your automatic bid that way. Let it let, Leave it up to the conferences versus allowing somebody <laughs> to uh, to go Jimmy V. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it's still special because they finished it off in 83. Coach McBride's next. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson in today. It is that time, a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. Charlie McBride, Coach, how we doing? Good. The weather's getting good now. I am... And, and no ice on well, the lake. Well, that is good news. It's going to be warm <laughs> around here. I'm off to Arizona Wednesday, so I'll be thinking of you. Uh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. I'm going to be gone. You're like, ah, son of a gun. He's not going to bother me for a while. No, uh, no, it's it's going to be good. I, I can't uh, wait for this time of year with college basketball going, spring footballs geared up, and you've already got a week uh, done, and now you have a week off because of spring break. And uh, a couple of thoughts I wanted to get you get from you on just where Nebraska's at. So they, they had their, their full pad workout Friday. I did not go, but some folks that went were pretty impressed. It sounds like the offense had a good day. It sounds there was a major blow-up where there was a scrap that happened. And uh, you have uh, the quarterback, the Thompson kid, showing quite a bit of leadership. I want to go with some comments that Scott Frost made uh, back with the press conference uh, on the team. And and he talked about his new assistants, Coach McBride, and the topic of accountability, uh, demanding a lot from from the players. Tell me about your approach and, and how you wanted the defense run with your assistants on defense, getting that accountability, that standard at a certain level. Well, the guys that I that I work with are pretty much pretty professional guys. I mean, they everything was there was never um, you know any any problems with the times that we had or the meetings or the any of that type of thing. I think you know that's one thing we knew each other pretty good, and I think that's important. That's a hard thing to do sometimes. It's uh, uh, you get new coaches and everything, and you can't. You don't want to go off in front of the players, so you kind of have to, you know, be careful what you're doing there. Sometimes it gets a little bit, you know, over the top. I know in some places, but we never really had that that kind of problem at all. And um, 
But I think that, you know, when you, when you talk to the players, they have some accountability in the fact that all of the small rules that you have being on time, uh, you know, and so forth for practice and for meetings and training table and things like that, I think are really important. They may sound like they're not a big deal, but they're, you know, they're, they're important. And, uh, and so you go over that stuff pretty good at the beginning of the semester. And then as, you know, as you go on, you'll have somebody slide in a little bit late and, you know, you can travel it travel on that one how you want to uh, you can get all worked up about it or you can just kind of let it slide and usually the first time is if you want to get worked up do it the first time <laughs> after that after that you just tell them don't come in <laughs> you know but they're that late they they've never i've never had that kind of problem i remember one time kenny walker was 37 minutes late for a game his alarm didn't go off, and of course he's totally deaf, so mm-hmm. something went. Away. So he can't really get upset with him, you know. But it was kind of funny because we were we had a little brown book that we kept uh, some of the things in, and we we gave it to usually gave it to a person that um, uh, you know was in a business school or was in accounting, and uh, or something somebody that knew what they were doing. And, you know, if, for example, if you were late for a meeting, it was a penny a second. Mm. And so it went on that way. And then at the end of the year, they put the money together and, you know, they we got some steaks and cooked them. And <laughs> it was kind of funny. I mean, you you got you got in trouble for about anything there was. And, of course, the, I, I, I'd be looking at film and I'd hear somebody say, Coach, so-and-so's asleep, <laughs> you know. You know, so, you know that that's about that's about a dollar. I mean, you know, there's that. <laughs> and then there is all the you know you can say you can think of a bunch of things that you know that that, that they do you know in, in meetings and um, you know it just it it gets it's a lot of fun really is what it is it's, and um, but you know it's it the guys all come up with a you know, a quarter or a day or 50 cents or something like that depends on what they, you know, what they were doing. And <clears throat> But if they, if somebody found out somebody was late for class, that was probably easy, easy 50 cents to a dollar depends on how late, or if you were totally late, that's, you got it for the full buck. But, um, no, it was just fun. Well, and it was going to a, a good cause, stakes, <laughs> at the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, question Charlie McBride's with us. If a kid missed class, did you have to go riot act, or did you have a player <laughs> that did that for you? Uh, when we had a kid miss class, they had a pretty good record of it downstairs, and if you know, if they it, uh, that, then we ha- I can't exactly remember, but so many classes missed is a miss. You miss a game, mm-hmm. and um, you know we've had that happen a couple of times. Uh, guys that miss classes too much, or over the years, you know. So they we had uh, I, I think it was five, mm-hmm. and 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 I, when we had the unity council, I think you had five points. Uh, you got five points at the beginning and. As things went on, you got points taken away, and once all those points are gone, then then you're suspended for from a game. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it could be more. I mean, this all depends on what, you know, it, it pretty much depends on what we had. I, I don't remember the exact, exactly what it was, but, um, you know, I mean, I think, I think our, 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 you know, we had a drug policy, we had a class policy, uh, just, you know, there were, there were certain things that, you, you know, that was in that. And, and in reality, what they did was they kept it away from the coaches, um, the players, and uh, Jack Stark, who was our uh, psycho- psychologist, uh, uh, and he did a great job with the players. And one good thing about having somebody like that is there sometimes there's things the players need to tell somebody but don't want the coaches to know or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, and Jack was Jack handled that kind of stuff really good. You know, they, um, you know, if so and so's doing something, maybe you ought to talk to them, or you know, this or that. Um, they were able to tell him, and he was able to take it from there. Mm-hmm. You know, and. So it, it saved it saved us a lot of time. Then you know we had some, as you know, when I was there toward the end, we had some jersey change. I mean, some uniform changes. In one game, we went all red. One, you know, stuff like that. And we pretty much left that up to them. And uh, of course, Coach Osborne was the final say in it. But but he, you know he he went along with what they you know the players wanted. And, and that's why you had the thing is to give them some some voice in what was going on. If they something they didn't like or something they did, I remember we started practice before summer school was over in our preseason, and we got to a point where you know we were starting practice at seven, and that letting them go just before nine when classes started. And um, it worked out where when we got to all everybody back in class, we went to seven o'clock. They want they didn't want to change. So, you know, we thought at first they were all moaning and everything about a seven o'clock thing. But then once it was done, because they got more time between doing uh, practice. Mm -hmm. Charlie McBride's with us. Hale Varsity Radio a Monday with Charlie. Coach, uh, how do you know how far to push push a kid in a good way? for them to maximize their potential, potential, getting the most out of them, being able to tap in and find that ceiling? Well, here, let me just say this. Every kid's as different as his face. Mm-hmm. And and you have, that's what you have to start. That's what you start learning as a freshman. You, you, you kind of, you know, some guys you maybe, I mean, just like yell at the kid or something like that. And as time goes on, you can tell he doesn't really respond to that. He kind of doesn't like it. And most, and, and I had kids that, oh, she could yell at me, coach, push me, you know, and that kind of stuff that fires me up, you know, and that, so there's a different kind of kid, you know, so you have to, you have to learn. You can't just all of a sudden start doing things, you know, your way all the time. It doesn't work. Uh, so you have to kind of, you know, fall in with the, you know, with what you think is the best for them. I had a philosophy that I, if I ever got after somebody, a lot of times in practice, I'd get them all together, and they knew who I was talking about. If mm-hmm. I, you know, said, "Hey, we're getting making too many mistakes," da da da, you know, and so on, um, you know, without confronting that person, and that person knew darn well what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And so did the other players knew who I was talking about. But 
And so if you do it that way without confront them or make them feel like, you know, you can make them feel pretty bad. And, and the thing is, is sometimes that, you know, you do you, you do get to a point in practice where that does happen a little bit in the, with individual kids. But you always, I always thought about don't ever leave the, let the player leave the field with any negative feelings. Mm-hmm. And nothing is ever personal. You know, it's all about business. Coach, uh, the topic of, of fights during spring, and I uh, don't know how severe this one was or wasn't Friday, but the, the, the skirmish, uh, they, they tend to happen. What was the, the fighting policy? True or false on Christian Peter, he'd get kicked out so he wouldn't have to practice some days. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really didn't. He, he was, They were good, that, you know, but they, they would happen. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, a lot of times they think the scout team guy's playing too rough and they, you know, take a swing at them or something like that <laughs> and shove them around or do something, but that usually didn't last too long. Coach Osborne did all he had to do was go over there and tell them to cut it out, and they mm-hmm. did. Or else they were off. They were out out of practice. Mm-hmm. But I never saw that. I mean, I, as long as I was there, I never. You know, we'd always have a bunch of some pushing and shoving and you know that kind of stuff. And guys would, but not a full blown you know fist fight right. or anything like that. And uh, uh, we had one bad thing a long time in the beginning when I first went there. I don't even know who it was or I don't remember, but somebody took a helmet off and, you know, swung at a kid in the locker room. And uh, I think, I think that might've been the couple of days suspension. And I, you know, that, that, that was just the moment at the moment we, you know, didn't, didn't, that wasn't a good idea. And, but the players themselves will stop it. I mean, they're the, you know, if something gets out of hand, that most of them will just jump in on it and stop it. So, did you, did you, uh, did you ever get grades stepping in between? Did I? Yeah, we're oh. breaking one up. I didn't want to. Then my birthday, they jumped me, so I don't know. They pile on. <laughs> Hold on a minute. What happened with your birthday? Tell us this. No, they just, they just, they just jumped me and. You know, and of course, I was at the bottom of the pile, and they loved that. You know, and they. <laughs> well, was it a milestone you know, birthday, or was it just a normal birthday? No, this is right. You know, I was just a normal birthday. They found out, and so you had to watch yourself every year because once the once the date was out, you're in trouble. Well, you who, who jumped you? <laughs> who jumped you? Oh, I, well, Raymakers probably would be the first one I would. <laughs> but your backs always turn. They always do it. When, you know, it's so fast. They always do it when you're not look walking off the field after practice or something like that. And uh, but <laughs> but it, you know, it was it was it was all in fun and you know and and it was <laughs> they all got a kick out of it. I got the soft end of it, but. <laughs> You know, they didn't, they didn't punch me or anything. I think someone wanted to. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us. Well, that's funny. That's that that that's uh, that's pretty good. Well, happy birthday, Coach. Let's dogpile you. All right. right, NCAA tournament, Coach. Who's winning the whole thing? Oh, come on! I tell you what, that's going to be. Uh, you know who I'd like to see Duke win it, just so because it's his last year. Okay, Coach I mean, K. 
And and he's you know I, I got a little soft spot for him. He's a Chicago guy, and um, you know, coach back there in high school, and, and that's what I did when I was there. And, but I'd like to see you know him come out. Yeah, after all the years and all the things he's done for people, that you know he's been a coach of the American team in the Olympics. He's you know he's just done a lot of things with his coaching, and of course he's got a lot of awards for it and won a lot of championships and things, but. I'd like to see Duke, you know, win it. But I, other other than that, I'd like to see a Big Ten. I'd like to see a Big Ten team win. Well, there's nine yeah. of them in. We'll see how how long and how far they survive. <laughs> right. You'll be surprised. Some of some of these teams that weren't playing as good, all of a sudden, will come out of the woodwork. I'm, that's the way this thing works. No, I, all of a sudden they start playing like crazy, and uh, you know, and it, everything changes all of a sudden. And there may be a team that isn't as good comes in there and just turns, gets on fire and goes. You know, so you know we've had teams, and if you remember, we've had teams that were well-known teams. You know, that have got I don't know. I think one year they got in the Final Four and. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. So there's there's some smaller schools that, you know, are pretty good. Well, Cinderella, it should be fun. Coach, have a great week. Enjoy some basketball, and we'll talk soon. I uh, know. They got them all going this week, men and women and everything. Yep. So it'll be wild. <laughs> it'll be good. Get some wings and enjoy. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. And now... And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's uh, March Madness time, and the uh, selection show yesterday, and a real uh, standout for Pius X, now up at South Dakota State, is on his way to Buffalo, Charlie Easley with us. Charlie, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing good. Take me through yesterday, your emotions, and just the watch party. What was it like for you? Well, there's definitely a lot of excitement for me and my teammates and coaches and family and everybody. And, well, we got the drop, the Providence in Buffalo. So that'll be a fun one. And we'll get, we're getting ready for them as we speak. And, yeah, it should be fun. Charlie, have you ever been to Buffalo? Never to Buffalo. I went to, I've been to New, New York, New York City went on AU tournament there, but never to Buffalo, no. So, uh, per our guy Searles, who played up there, uh, it's even cold in the spring. Uh, just some, <laughs> some notes. And you, you, you uh, get looked at sideways if you go with ranch instead of blue cheese when you get wings. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know if we go out to dinner somewhere before. So, I'll, I'll definitely... I'll definitely keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, words to live by. Charlie Easley's with us. So take me uh, through your, your seat. I mean, what, first and foremost, congrats on the success of, of South Dakota State. I mean, just a phenomenal year. 21-game win streak, 30-4, and four, unbeaten in the, 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 the Summit League. And the Summit's just been a, a big-time uh, league to, to get through. It's one thing to, to win it. You guys did that in the regular season and then the conference championship. It's another to go undefeated. Uh, speak a little bit to this team's chemistry, talent, and, and what allowed you guys to, to navigate like you did. Well, yeah, obviously we have a great coaching staff, a lot of great players, 
and that's allowed us to to have a good season. But really, it comes down to how kind of how close we are as a team on and off the court. We got great team chemistry. We all trust each other, and that kind of helps us when you get in those tough situations during games when things might not be going your way. To kind of trust one another that they're going to do their job and that's how we've won some close ones and gotten some big plays down the stretch and that's kept our uh, winning streak and we won the conference tournament and that's what's been doing it for us. Charlie Easily with us, Hale Varsity Radio, sophomore with South Dakota State, uh, state champion at Pius X. So you, you talk about trust and chemistry. When, when you got to South Dakota State, when you got up to Brookings, how did you earn that trust with your teammates what was what was your um mo so to speak what did you want to do coming coming in with this new team well i went in there with the same mentality i've always had throughout my basketball career and it's just kind of going in there and working as hard as you can every day and just giving it your all and your teammates your coaches will see that and just that'll give them trust that you're going to go out there and give it your all every single night and that's just really been what's done it for me guys saw that in turn who were some teammates at south dakota state you were able to kind of get close with and 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 bond with uh when it came to to you uh making the trip up there well i actually the connection i had to south dakota state is baylor shireman because I played, I've known him probably since fifth grade, but I actually played AAU basketball with him on the OSA Crusaders. So I knew him from there, and I knew what type of guy and player he was, and I kind of got in contact with him when I was kind of making the decision, and it just kind of felt right, and I'm glad I made the decision. Let's talk a little bit about Providence. a power team from the Big East. Uh, what are some early impressions you have of the Friars? Well, obviously, they're a great team. They got a lot of good players, and they got a couple good guards and a good post. And they've—I mean—they won the Big East regular season title. So, I mean, you got to be pretty, pretty dang good if you're going to do that. And we've kind of been—we just started scouting them today, and we're getting a better feel for them offensively and defensively, and we're going to be ready to go in the game. What is special about this South Dakota State team? I've, I've laid out the win streak. You've touched on the chemistry. But when it comes to on court, what, what, what do the Jacks do and do better than most? We, we're just very united as a group on defense, on offense, and we've kind of we've been focusing more on kind of getting the defensive side under wraps, and that's kind of that leads us to good offense. Offense comes a little easier for us, and but when we focus on defense, that just automatically propels our offense into doing good things. So that's kind of what's made us really successful this year, and just kind of trusting everybody on our team, trusting the coaching staff, just knowing that we're going to put ourselves in the best situation to win. Charlie Easley's with us here a few minutes, South Dakota State, dancing again, first time since 2018, 11.40 tip Thursday against Providence, and uh, you'll hear uh, all the NCAA coverage here on ESPN Lincoln. Defense is is so important, but it's way more fun to, to score the basketball. <laughs> you've, uh, you've been a guy that's 
had great offensive ability. But even just watching in high school, you always put an emphasis on defense. Is that fair to say? Has that been kind of drilled into you since since really early in your basketball career? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's always kind of been trying to – you always want to impact every area of the game, not just offensively and scoring because some nights you're not going to be able to, to hit shots on offense, and that's just, gonna, that's just the way basketball is. But you got to impact other areas of the game, and defense has always been one of those areas for me. And kind of one thing my dad always told me before games is just focus on defensive re- and rebounding, and the rest will take care of itself. And I've kind of taken that with me, and I think about that every game going into it just to make sure I'm locked in on both sides of the court. Charlie, when we talk about offense and, and your skill set, uh, just incredible in high school. You've played really well transitioning to college. Now you're in the NCAA tournament. What have you had to work on offensively uh, as you've continued to grow in, in your career? Offensively, I've kind of worked on just getting my shot quicker for, uh, I mean, Division One. you got to get shots up. There's going to be a guy in your face almost every time. So I've worked on my shot a lot. And just trying to just kind of pick my moments to to use moves to get open shots, and maybe if it's a pull up or if it's a cut to the basket, just kind of being a well-rounded player to impact multiple ways. With, with your role on this team, how how have you accepted that, and what's your attitude been with South Dakota State as as you've obviously uh, shown your your ability and you have the right mentality. But quite honestly, I'm wondering, you know, how you've been able to continue to grind and, and kind of climb the ladder. Just kind of staying level-headed and never getting too high or too low has helped me. And just kind of always having confidence and shooting the ball. And that's really helped me this season with on offense. And we got a lot of offensive weapons and a lot of great players on this team. And that's kind of – it's kind of helped me and a lot of the other players out that – Nobody has to do it all by themselves. We got a lot of guys who can who can score, and it can be anybody's night on any day. So we just kind of use that, and every game it seems like a different person steps up. So that's been helping us. Charlie, let's hear a little bit here about Coach Henderson. What what's his personality like? What what's it like to play for him? I love playing for Coach Henderson. I love him, and he's just. He's got the most energy in the room, whether it's a – I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a early practice or in a game. He's always going to be there, and he's always going to give energy to the team. And he just instills confidence in all of us players, in him and in the team and in the game plan. So he's done a great job of leading us this, this year, and I can't wait to continue playing for him. Charlie, when it came time to, to find a spot, and you – I really loved watching it in Nebraska – you, you mentioned the, uh, the 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 Baylor connection, a teammate through AAU, but with mm-hmm. South Dakota State uh, on your short list even before Nebraska, I, I'm, I'm asking about just that that decision to transfer and the difficulty of it, or was it that hard of a decision? It was it was definitely a hard decision for me because I had a great experience at Nebraska. I loved the coaches. I loved all my teammates. And they really gave me a lot. I mean, they gave me chance. They gave me a chance. 
So I, I thank them for that, and I thank all my teammates. But kind of the decision was I kind of wanted a bigger role mm-hmm. in kind of my playing college. So, And I had kind of had previous contact uh, in high school with some of the South Dakota State coaches, and obviously I knew Baylor Shireman very well. So, And I know I've always known what type of program South Dakota State is, and I've seen they've had a ton of success. So that all, all that kind of went into my decision to transfer to South Dakota State, and it was the best decision for me, and I'm glad that I made the move. Charlie Easily with his South Dakota State on to the NCAA tournament dancing as a 14 seed. Is that seeding bother you guys, or do you care? Um, I wouldn't say it bothers us. I, I think we know that how good of a team we are and what we did uh, throughout the season that, yeah, you can make the case that maybe we should have got a a better seed, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what seed you are. You're on the court with another team playing them at, and it doesn't matter who you are and you just got to go out and do what you've done all season and be prepared and ready to go. Uh, Last thought, Charlie, how much of the pious contingent is making their way to Buffalo? Well, yeah, my mom definitely wasn't happy about the location of the game. She wanted a, she wanted a little bit closer one, so she definitely let me hear about that after the Selection Sunday show. But I, I, think, I think a good amount still may make the trip out there. I know my, some of my brothers are, are going and my mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. That's awesome. So what, what were mom's words about Buffalo? Um, well, she was just talking all week about getting the mid, kind of the Midwest game, and they were maybe going to try and get a caravan of cars going down to the game. So Buffalo kind of made that, crossed that off the list. <laughs> Charlie, we'll be cheering for you Thursday morning. Best to you, best to South Dakota State against Providence. Thanks for a few minutes with us today. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Good to catch up with Pius Standout and part of South Dakota State University, Charlie Easley. We'll get that posted. ESPN Lincoln On Demand, the podcast section, and uh, parts of that interview will be posted. Could Randy Gregory be headed to Mile High? We'll have that next. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Open phones here till 6, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Reminder, Thursday, Friday, opening round NCAA tournament. Uh, your home is Longwell's Rail Yard and uh, Hooksy and... Will and Elijah, the crew, going to be down there getting your tournament going uh, for both uh, opening days, uh, Friday and Saturday. Husker basketball, of course, the women get rocking as well. So you're already just fired up for that 9-11 to tournament lead-in show for both days, Will. And then uh, do we have an over-under on Crown and Diets for Hooksy? Yeah, man, I think I might set that thing at 9. You keep him to two a show, though. To a show, well, and you know what the bad thing is, too? I think they kind of give us a tab, too. Or to a segment. Yeah, to a segment sounds about right. We'll set the under-under. Over-under per segment at four. 
for Hooksy. Poor the, per seg, poor per segment. You know, it's opening. Four. It's the opening day. It's the opening day. I'm being generous, even. No, I'm joking. Make sure you play him the clip of McBride cheering for Coach K. <laughs> oh, I will do that. He'll, he'll love it. He'll love it. Now I'm excited. Thursday, uh, Friday's going to be more fun for me. Thursday, I actually have to close at the bar. Okay. So I can't get too, you know, too turned up on Thursday, but Friday will be fun. Either way, both days are going to be fun. Can't wait to see people out there. We'll be down there for the uh, Sweet 16 rounds uh, Thursday and Friday, the uh, 23rd and 24th. So road shows for Hale Varsity. So that'll be good stuff. Husker baseball, Griffin Everett putting his Superman cape on, recapping that. Nebraska returning the favor. As uh, the Mavs got a 4-3 to walk-off yesterday, uh, a little less than uh, 24 hours later, Griffin Everett, game-winning RBI single, uh, which is money, good for him. He went full for five, four RBIs, two homers, and uh, that was big. Uh, so Nebraska got walked off in Omaha Sunday. You lost to K-State on the road. In the midweek before that, Nebraska needed to win the home opener. They did that. And Everett said the team responded well all season, even though the record doesn't show at 5-9. and nine. This is a little confidence. So you had Coach Bolt challenge his team recently. The message was heard loud and clear, especially from the vets on the roster. Uh, that was uh, one of the reasons the Huskers held a players-only meeting after a loss, after the loss on Sunday, and then got back to the to the diamond. And uh, you know Everett's take on this is like, look, we're responsible for it. We're the ones who have been there. We've been in the program. We have to be able to set the example and set the standard. And Coach Bolt had felt we weren't living up to that, and we weren't. Uh, we had a players' meeting, got together, talked about it. And I think we're going to be working toward that right here. What was said in the meeting, Everett kept that answer short and sweet, saying it was a, an opportunity for everyone to get on the same page. So that uh, players only uh, get together. Uh, the result is a win, but same page is important. And uh, more wins to come. You want to hope for Nebraska baseball moving forward, not the start you'd expected nor wanted. A uh, big topic today was Casey Thompson's interview. Sit down with Bussin with the boys. We've uh, spent plenty of time on that today. A, a third installment and an excerpt from that uh, on the difference between Texas and Nebraska. Really good uh, sit down and a chance to, to kind of soak in Casey Thompson and his time as transfer to Lincoln. Any athlete, any student athlete should be able to make six figures if they really like are working on their brand. Like you guys talk about, you got Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, like right. Snapchat. There's so many different ways for you to monetize now off of your... I don't really go out of my way to like do all this other stuff. It just comes to me. And like here in Nebraska, I would say that's why the opportunities are just... Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but this past year when NIL started, like I think at Texas, like I think after the Alamo Bowl performance in 2020, like I just think all the um, people around the United States and like the, the Texas fans, like... In Texas, like they were offering me NIO deals in like July, August before I was even named the starter. So it's it's kind of a feeling out process. It's more prevalent. It's ramped up. It's a little more mainstream. But the takeaway six figures uh, to uh, to be a Nebraskan, which is impressive. 17, 18 guys have vehicles or they have their housing paid for. So it's it's Southwest Conference perks, but now legal. <laughs> Okay, and thank God they are, man. Yeah, good. Now, you know what you do with that once you get the talent here. 
is you got to win. Randy Gregory, what does his future look like? And you have CBS Sports reporting that Denver in hot pursuit, emerging as one of the top suitors. Uh, Cowboys do have the inside track. And and listen, loyalty is important, and Dallas has shown that to Randy Gregory. Randy played 11 games last year, started 11 games uh, six sacks, so he's 29, but he doesn't have that many miles on him for obvious reasons. Yeah, the franchise tag extended to Dalton Schultz, the tight end. So Randy and his side want to sit down with Dallas. Both both sides want the same thing, and that's to get a deal done. But you have the Amari Cooper trade, uh, a denied pay reduction request to Demarcus Lawrence. Ooh. You have trade talks for Leal Collins. That is slowed. Randy, you have legal tampering that's now underway. Uh, you did give Michael Gallup a five-year extension worth $62 million. There's a call to uh, All-Pro Bobby Wagner after he got released. So where is Randy at on the priority list? He's high, but Denver's right there. Of course, they traded Vaughn Miller. If you're Denver, you want to replace that outside. You just went and got Russell Wilson. You can start with the just watching Randy do his thing against Denver. I mean, so Denver had up close and personal. Randy's got a lot of good football left. Uh, Dan Quinn was a, a, a godsend for him as defensive coordinator. He was able to unleash. Tom Sula really didn't. Uh, play Randy that much two seasons ago, and he was a one-and-done defensive coordinator. So I'm all for it. Uh, you know, growing up, I think of D- Denver, well, I think of two things. I know a lot of you think of Elway and, and what he did there. Mm-hmm. I think of Tebow mm-hmm. and good defense. Yeah, you think of Von Miller. In Denver. Mm-hmm. You think of those dudes they find that are just Wolverines off the edge that go get a quarterback. No, and I think Randy be all right i i I don't know randy's financial situation i know he was a steal in the second round but the baggage and the nfl rules are a little different now and and i think he's in a great spot mentally and good for him i've always liked randy and randy's always been good when he was in college sitting down and doing the interviews and just just a good dude to chat with and it's it sucks that he's had so many ups and downs, but when he's when he's been right, he's he is absolutely a difference maker and a big time performer at a incredible spot. I mean, he's just fantastic. We're to talk with Kaz tomorrow and uh, get his take on Randy and maybe Denver or staying in Dallas and and get his take on you know Randy's next contract, that second contract. Because I think Randy's probably lost. I mean, there's there's not a lot of guaranteed NFL money and then when you're a second round pick and then you've missed time due to suspension and then there's fines and I think maybe is playing for 750 this year maybe so the the payday the the generational changing wealth is this next contract for Randy and it's either going to be Dallas or Denver or other suitors that'll give it to him home is where your health is where your family gathers together takes care of each other 
And right there with you is Nebraska Medicine. We're proud to take care of Nebraska to deliver everything your family needs. From cancer care to neurosurgery, it's expertise you can be confident in with locations just a short drive away and telehealth appointments from the comfort of home. Find a specialist close to you at NebraskaMed.com. Home is with you wherever that may be. Okay, let's get a photo of the bride and groom standing next to that giant mud puddle. Good. Now smile. Oh, honey, don't look now, but you're covered in mud. Oh, so is your white tux. You know what this means, don't you? Trucks and Bucks from the Nebraska Lottery is back. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. This is the happiest day of my life. Don't you think we should head to the nearest Nebraska Lottery retailer? I do. Trucks and Bucks is back, and you could win one of eight new trucks. Top prize odds, one in 336000 Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it out. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Financing a new home couldn't be easier when you choose Cross Country Mortgage. Their mission is simple, to provide you with the best possible lending options and offer a transparent mortgage process for everyone involved. With their dedicated team of loan officers, your dream home could be yours in an average of 21 days. For homeowners, they offer renos, refis, jumbo loans, everything you need to keep your house feeling like home. Visit ccm.com, Cross Country Mortgage, dedicated to getting it done. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 3029, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, equal housing opportunity. You could unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash-out refinance today. In the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. And with Rocket Mortgage, you could unlock thousands in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up. So when you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 8338-ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started. Rocket. Rates current as a 12-12-21. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. And consumer access. Not over 3030. Call 800-490-1233 for disclosures and cost information. I'm weatherology meteorologist Laura Lockwood with your Capital City forecast. 27 tonight under partly cloudy skies, northerly winds, 8 to 15 miles per hour. 66 tomorrow, mainly clear skies. Tomorrow night, lulls level off around 39. That's the forecast on Lincoln's ESPN. Right now, 41. Get your sports fix here. ESPN Lincoln is on the air at 101.5 FM at 1480 AM. Online at ESPNLincoln.com. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Not to bore you, but I'm working my way through the bracket. And I've got a lot of chalk so far. Mm-hmm. Will Will sit in today at Will on the Radios, where you find him on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Podcast going to be up. Awesome conversation with Charlie Easley of South Dakota State. Charlie McBride this hour, Jacob Padilla uh, last hour. We are going to uh, talk with Mitch Sherman tomorrow. We'll have Coach Kaczynski. Andy Markowski will give us some insight to Nebraska as they get ready for Gonzaga, the women. And uh, we'll tap into Andy's big brain about the bracket. We may or may not have Lars Anderson via StreamYard tomorrow. We're efforting Lars. We might effort Lars in studio. 
uh, we'll see on that. And again, Long Wales, your tournament headquarters for opening round in Sweet 16 and beyond as ESPN Lincoln Roadshow in it, uh, 9 to 11 in front of tip-off for you Thursday and Friday from Longwell's down in the rail yard. And uh, I'll be back there uh, the Sweet 16 Thursday, Friday, when I get back from Arizona. So you guys are going to be holding it down Wednesday. Many thanks for that. And the, uh, the weekend edition after tournament time. Uh, we are setting the over-under on rum and diet with Hooksy. We're going to go eight seed. I like that. I think eight's the number. Throughout the day, of throughout, course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throughout the day. I yeah? like that. I like it's that. Fair. And I'll probably go over. Okay. What's, no judgment. What, what's your poison of choice? Actually, crown is, I, I go the crown route, but I'm, I'm in the crown apple, actually. Crown apple and uh, Sprite. Sure, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, mango carts. I'm really into today too. This is new wheat beer. I've heard. It. Yeah, I've heard. Really of that. good. Okay, really okay. good. Well, Mama just texted and she's like, "Where are you taking me?" It's like we're going to the bar. So there you go. Tonight she wants to get her NCAA on. I guess. And I was like, "Sweetie, the tournament doesn't get going for a couple of days." Yeah, there's actually a lot of people on Twitter mad that there's no basketball tonight. I am picking against Sparty. Junior left his Michigan State stocking hat in my back seat as he rode down for the uh, Boys A Championship Saturday with some of his and his dirty little buddies. Um, Staying in that region, you know, that 6 versus 11, Alabama versus either Rutgers or Notre Dame, that's a tough one. You know what? Here's what I'm saying. I mean, this Rutgers got absolutely screwed. They're in a play-in. Quite frankly, they and Michigan should have traded. Michigan should be the play-in against Notre Dame. No doubt, yeah. But that's not how it is. I like Rutgers to survive against Notre Dame, and then I like them to get by Alabama. Wow. Okay. Why the hell not? I like it. I'm I'm, I'm tailoring I like Rutgers' guard play. I love what they've done. They got hot at the right time. They're physical. They're gritty. They rebound. They're I'm, nice. I'm tailing that. I like it. And again, we will erase all comments associated with Rutgers basketball if by by Friday morning uh, I'm dead wrong. This never happened. <laughs> we are going to take the white out. We are going to take the Nixon erase juice and just... You can only gain credibility through this. You can't lose any. Dude, I I can lose all sorts of credibility (laughs) with basketball picks. Absolutely. I kind of like the, at once upon a time, distant fighting Tim Mileses of Colorado State. (laughs) They're a sixth seed. It's impressive. Back at you tomorrow at four with Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.